Welcome to the Blue Fire Digital Network, a podcast network dedicated to spreading the gospel through all avenues. Welcome to the War is Everything podcast, where we share scripture, discuss the Christian metal scene and music, and help promote lesser-known bands. I'm Zachariah. And I'm Hunter. And we are your hosts. Today's scripture comes from James 1, and it's verses 6 through 8, which says, But let him ask in faith without doubting, for the doubter is like the surging sea, driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. An indecisive man is unstable in all his ways. Powerful one to start us off with. Yeah. So this is going to be an interesting episode. Uh, Zachariah and I are both trying to do a weird catch-up thing. So right before this is recorded, he actually recorded one himself with another group because I was unavailable church meetings and stuff like that. So right before I take vacation, but uh, as you can tell, Keebler is on with us. And instead of being a, uh, a host necessarily, though, I guess he still assumes the role. uh, He is actually the guest for this week. So we get to talk wide of the mark and I'm excited because it's been a little while and he's been uh, teasing me with collapse revive stuff and then never giving anything. And then finally something releases. So I'm yeah, happy. join the rest of our fan base. Yeah. Uh, it's been <laughs> ups and downs for us, and we've had deaths in the family with some of our members, and we've had mm-hmm. knee surgeries and recoveries and and bad recoveries, and and we've had financial hardship in the works. So it's been it's been quite the thing to figure out and uh, work our way through, and got some amazing stuff coming up though. And shoot, we got together for the first time since March um last weekend and we kind of sat down and that was because of our guitar player nate had a knee surgery that um didn't go well so he had to have time to mm-hmm. heal so uh but we sat down together and like listed all of our songs that we have written out or ones that are almost written so that's the only nugget i'm going to give everyone that enjoys our music is there's a lot more to come good i think uh i think people have been <laughs> have been wanting for sure since kairos so oh yeah Yep. But uh, on the whole, like struggle and stuff that you guys have been dealing with, I know in mm-hmm. our conversations that you had brought up that uh, all of these issues have even determined uh, a couple of times when you guys were supposed to be able to play shows and you guys had to cancel because of it. Yep. Yep. So that's, I'm sure that's been less than desirable. Oh, yeah. it's um, been a monumental discouragement, I think has been the theme of our hearts in the last year or so. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's been a process to walk through and to keep going and to remember why we do it and that we love it and oh it's been hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean so. it, it really takes its toll, especially when it it feels like God's not really uh, saying much, which is actually kind of what the song is about, if I'm yep. correct. So trying to have faith in the hardest of times, but uh, yeah, why don't we just get right into the song? Uh, cool. I know we'll end up getting off on our trails as it is so we do that yeah we're good at that we know a lot but uh 
we, or we say a lot. I don't know if we know a lot. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, so for this song, Why to the Mark, it just released today when we're recording this. Uh, as for the people who are listening to this podcast, it will be earlier this week that uh, it will have released. So, yeah, how's day one going? Day one is going good so far. Uh, several hundred streams, uh, tons of comments, tons of shares. And nice. uh, it's it's we've had a decent response back to it so far. Not n- one negative one. Um, although I thought one was negative, this dude was like, this song is extremely based. And I'm like, I had to go on Urban Dictionary and figure out what based meant. And I was like, oh, okay, yo, I agree with that. Yeah, it's yeah. unique and sticking to your convictions and not letting anybody drag you down. So I was like, okay, that's good. So it, it's been a good release. Per every single release we do, um, I always mess something up. And I thought I had everything done. And I woke up at seven o'clock this morning with my guitar player. Micah blowing up the band chat saying, where's the video? Where's the description? There's no description. And, oh no. And I had it all pre-done and saved and it it's gone. Like we had to do like a fresh reload and I don't know what happened to it, but something always messes up. So, but other than that, it's going really well. People love it. And uh, it's definitely on the heavier side. It's, it's a little bit more genty. I, I pressured Nate uh, to do more of what he did in the end of Kairos in this writing. And kind of off of the lines of like Dry Bones, because if you look at Dry Bones, it's our most popular song to date. Yep. uh, Stream-wise with a little over 15,000 streams. And uh, so that's that was really cool to see. Um, So let's do more of that. And then Kairos was still pretty big. So we're trying to sprinkle that all in. But uh, I'm pleased with it. Yeah, I was going to comment on that. Uh, I know that uh, in the more recent songs that, you've been pushed to do some more of the singing stuff and it was, yeah. it was something that you had been working on, but uh, this song was, this song was basically deathcore with gent guitars, which I would end up calling more like a technical deathcore kind of sound sure, or atmospheric yeah. deathcore, whatever you want to call it. Um, For whatever adjective you want on it, yeah. it'll work. Yeah, honestly, the, <laughs> I'm not trying to be a genre stop. It's, it's more of, for me, like when I categorize music, like when I'm feeling the mood on a music, I really want to play that stuff. So that's why I always get right. technical with all that. But uh, for anybody who I'm doesn't care, way. I'm not that way. I'm not going to be on people about that. <laughs> right. Right. So when I say pressured, I didn't really pressure him. I friendly pressured them in a way of just like, I love this idea. Keep doing this thing. Mm-hmm. Like this is really fun. So we, we kind of ripped a page out of like Ocean's 8 Alaska's guitar work and was like, we really love the, you know, the, the polyrhythms they use and, and we love how they kind of think outside of the box as far as their chug patterns go. Cause if you remember 2007 metalcore, mm-hmm. you know, no one wants to do that anymore. So uniquely Nate, I often tell Nate, I'm like, dude, like you are the heartbeat of the group. Like your sound, I think is the biggest reflection in this. And then Micah coming in and writing new songs with him, which I'm not going to talk about they complement each other really well. Mm-hmm. It's been a struggle to be able to figure out how to like those two to write together. Cause Micah is insane. Oh yeah. Like, like I'm just going to casually learn how to play some, um, shoot. What is that? Jay? What's his name? Jason. Jason Richardson. Richardson yeah. yeah. Just going to casually learn some yeah. Jason Richardson. Like whatever, dude, you're not <laughs> blessed or anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's been really fun, but really challenging to figure out how to write and co-writing is one of the hardest things. And, and so, uh, but I'll tell you what, like, I'm a big fan of like hitting the pitch pedal and going drop E 
So mm. there may be some of that in the future in some of our songs. <laughs> nice. So we'll see where we go with that. All right. Immediate rabbit trails. I mean, immediately. That's, that's right. I So I, I really enjoy Nate's guitar work on this. Um, I want to say whether it was him specifically who did it or not, whoever came up with the idea in the very beginning of the song, because the guitars come in kind of heavy following the atmospheric intro. Yep. Um, but they leave space because the rest of the song is pretty busy. I love that there's the chugs in the beginning that go, and then it just kind of like drops out for a second. And it's just the, the slide, the doom kind of sound. Then the heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. So you got like, you've got all these atmospheric things going on and the guitars leave room in the intro, which I think a lot of bands, including myself, I tend to forget about the fact that I'm not just writing for my one instrument. I got to write for many instruments a true, you know, composition, not just a guitar part. Right. So that's, I applaud all of you guys for however you figured out that intro, because I thought it was fantastic. I think right that away. was just kind of something random. I think it was Nate. I think he was writing just in his studio room in his house. And I was like, I just, this, this chug pattern is just really sweet. I think less is more. And mm. I think it'd be really cool. And then we have an amazing guy uh, that does our post-production uh, called Josh Matotek. And I think that's how he say his last name. We've worked with him a couple of times now. And he, I, when I texted him, I was like, Hey, you want to do post pro on our new song? And, uh, that we have coming out soon. And he goes, yeah. Uh, what do you want? And it's like, I want you to make it sound like the end of the world. And he goes, so if Hans Zimmer directed <laughs> yeah. the end of the apocalypse and I said, there of course, so like he sent me the track, I'll send just the beginning post-production to you and it's it's like a movie it's incredible mm-hmm. so we got all these like demonic voices and laughing and explosions and like end of the world horns and like almost like <laughs> shofars yeah and it's just really wild stuff and and so like knowing having that in my, our minds um that he could do stuff like that i think really helped us just keep that because it would we just love the sound of it like who cares if it's not super complicated in the beginning it just mm. hits hard and that's yeah. what we want. Well, and I think a lot of bands underestimate, granted, it could be a financial issue, so I'm not going to yeah. ignore that. Um, but a fantastic mix goes a long way. Because if yep. someone pulls up your song and even in the first 30 seconds, it's just not not there mix-wise, oh. master-wise, it's enough for most venue people, most promoters, most whatever, to just yep. be like, eh. You know, like unless you have a super fan or people who are just sold on metalcore, deathcore as that, you know, as they are just, hey, it's another cool song. You're going to have people that are not as interested in the general uh, group. Yeah, that's me for sure. Like I get really bent out of shape about mixes and maybe that's because I'm I'm a studio guy and producer and a sound engineer. Mm-hmm. So it's like I get bent out of shape about that stuff. Um, but like I have to mm-hmm. give a lot of credit to uh, Paul Raymond. Uh, from Full Send Studios. I've been friends with the dude since before his studio opened and I've watched him grow. I've watched him excel and uh, he's really pushed us as a band and we've been kind of, you know, on and off and flipping about it at times. But and when I'm tracking vocals, it's like, he he always tells me like, hey dude, like you're giving me a hundred percent, but I need 130. Sure. Uh, I, I need 130. I need a little bit more. Can you give me a little bit more? And And he's really picky which is good for a producer mm-hmm. and a tracking engineer. And uh, he does really clean work. And so like we, even with guitars, he'll be like, well, hit it with your purse, man. Like you're not hitting it hard enough. And <laughs> like we're, t- we're taping and tying everything we can just to get all the noise down and, and get the right track. So like from the source track, it matters what you do and how you record it and, and then to a mix. 
So you can absolutely destroy a, a great clean DI or raw track, um, absolutely terrorize it and on the mixing end. But if you have a really good mixing engineer, like let's say uh, jo Josh Wickman, for instance, um, or well, any of the others name them, um, you send them bad source tracks, they're going to reject it. Mm -hmm. say i can't i can't polish a turd so it's got to be good from front to back so um paul has definitely helped us out a lot and he's the guy that plays bass played bass in dry bones and kairos music video uh because we didn't have a bassist and so mm -hmm. <laughs> he's our producer and a really good friend of mine so i gotta give him credit there nice yeah honestly and that's i think what did well for us on the uh the down with leviathan ep because being an independent band, your sound is everything. Yeah. Because you're not you're not being directed by producers necessarily. You're not being directed by people except for those that you are in fellowship with or you know in contact with, depending on who you have as your engineer and your right. your post guy. So it's yeah, it's very interesting how mm -hmm. how bands go about that. And I know not everybody, like I said again financials is a huge thing god doesn't want you to be stupid with your money so don't go buy you know some fancy engineer for ten thousand dollars an hour just because you have the money now but god's not gonna bless it later you know if you are being stupid with it right so but no it it sounds fantastic honestly the the way that your guys put it together uh i mean you said you have both engineer and post right mm -hmm. okay so two different guys working on it to come up with this and i thought it sounded fantastic so good to hear yeah we be really stoked about it too still are even though we've heard it a million times at this point yeah <laughs> we can't wait to play it live we're really excited to reinvent our set i know that there's a lot of people who love our ep uh we're sick of playing it and <laughs> uh, but we you know i will keep i i say i but we have chosen a select few songs out of the EP that will remain in rotation. So do not fret those who have not seen us and want to hear certain songs from us. You will probably hear the tops of the EP, but we're trying to completely have a new set by the time that we, we hit the road again. Yeah. It's not something that most bands take into consideration when we write music that uh, we're going to have to play some of the older songs for like the rest of our lives. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure most of those bands get really tired of that. Uh, yeah. Or, I mean, if you're one of the top 100 artists kind of thing, then it doesn't matter because you're making millions of dollars anyway. I mean, that's true. That's true. Maybe Collapse should do a Kate Bush cover, and then maybe we'll finally oh, blow up. <laughs> Running up the hill. We'll do it. The Death Car version. <laughs> all you hear is just... Yeah. yeah. That's all you all hear I, the whole time. All I want is tunnels, nothing else. Right. <laughs> So I don't know if you wanted to go over anything specifically in the lyrics for those who haven't seen it or haven't listened to the song yet. Uh, pause, pause yeah. right now. Yeah. Just pause this. You're probably in Spotify anyway. So just go listen to it. Yep. Collapse, double forward slash revive, go listen to it and then resume this, this podcast. So, all right. If you've already listened to it, now we can start again. All right. <laughs> it's right. And scene. No, uh, so for this song, let's talk about uh, anything specifically that you've got, but also let's get to the general idea of what uh, what brought this song to be. Um, well, uh, I know a lot of Christian bands tend to write um, 
a lot of like exaltation and worshipful stuff. And I love doing that. I absolutely love worshiping. I love lifting his name on high. Um, and I think I try to do that even in this stuff, but I found that I write best um, about whatever current struggle that I'm in, um, mm. not to be like anecdotal all the time or topical, but to say, Hey, like I'm a Christian and I'm deeply struggling right now. Yep. And, but I remain in my hope and I, I don't tire of doing good and I'm trying to trust on Jesus. And, and, and I am I, I, with everything I have, uh, I have to try to go like, what's the word I'm looking for? Re recalibrate myself. Mm -hmm. So in this time, when I wrote this song, I was okay. So like, living in a lot of fear, you know, people who have heard our EP know of a song called panic, um, that we have done, which was my, about my struggle with anxiety. And I would assume, you know, any other person in the band that feels a physical anxiety attached to a spiritual means of anxiety, uh, along with anybody else, uh, is kind of this, but it's like, uh, an, an anxiety that has healed, but the process of an anxious heart in maturation, still learning how to trust a very, very good God, even after all these years. And I, I had, so I wrote the song out of being like, one day I'm like, thank you, Lord. Uh, you've done everything great for me. Uh, you've given me a wife. You've given me a good job. You've, you've given me an amazing band, amazing friends. And the next day I'm out there mad at God because something fell through again. Or, or I'm, I'm backing away from God because I see rebellion in the church and I, I find that I'm hard-hearted and I find myself, myself in this deep uh, hole. And, and that's where I came up with the line, um, my hands blistered and bruised from digging my own grave. And then I latched on to the uh, Old Testament scripture uh, I don't remember who it was and, and I feel bad, but I'm tired, but it was a certain prophet that told a certain King or chief to shoot arrows out of a certain window. And I can't remember exactly what it was. Was that Elijah or Elijah? I think it was Elijah, wasn't it? I am. I'm drawing a I'm blank. Terrible with yeah, yeah. Old Testament prophets. But I anyway, it so was, if you would have, if you would have struck the ground more times than you did, you would have defeated them this many times. And so that's where it came out. Do I strike the ground three times or four? And out of which window should my arrow soar? So like I'm seeking direction and I'm saying, God, I'm, I'm, I'm in panic again. I'm manic. I, I'm banging on your door. I've lost my footing again. I have to be recentered. I have to trust you. Help me, Father. I'm here once again, submitting at the foot of the cross. I'm laying down my anxieties. And like... Oh man, <sighs> sorry. Getting writing this, um, it seems so short, but like knowing where I was at the time and where I still am in a way is like, um, well, 1 Peter 5 8, I think it is, cast your cares at the foot of Jesus because he loves you. And so it's like, but I'm over, I'm over here blaming you inadvertently or subconsciously blaming you so therefore I, I i step away from you mm. uh but i can't do that and i've dug my own grave so open my eyes let me hear the sound of heaven let me see wisdom let me see truth uh let me see your goodness and your holiness and so that's the basic premise of the whole song
you had said something about uh, <clears throat> bands writing songs of exaltation and worship and praise and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that the reason why the Christian metal genres as a whole, uh, you see a lot of people commenting, whether it's true or not, though I kind of agree uh, that they would make better worship songs than the modern worship music. Yeah, yeah, um, I would agree 100%. I think that the main reason being uh, CCM doesn't cover the imprecatory psalms. They don't cover the lamentations. It doesn't cover the human condition in a yeah. way. I mean, it does, but not in the way that I think is beneficial to the congregation. It's the way that it covers it is uh, I am, I will, I do. It's like, no, 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 no. We're not talking about me in that kind of way. If we're yeah. going to be talking about ourselves, let's talk about how much we're in pain. Let's talk about how much it sucks that I haven't felt like being in prayer, how much it sucks that I haven't felt like reading the Bible, how, you know, right. how I feel like God hasn't been right there, even though I know for a fact that he is like, yeah, like I, yeah, I agree. Like, um, and, and please people hear me when, when you hear us talk about this is I'm not against worship. I'm not against about leading a congregation. Uh, I'm not against leading a congregation in a certain setting of telling each other what God has done. I think that falls under Colossians 3.16, remonishing one another, singing songs and spiritual songs and hymns. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, um, and I love direct exaltation of his name. I love to bless him. I love to sing his name and sing his praises. Uh, but I find that like in me, there's a sound. And sometimes that's the sound that I bring out out of, out of the oils of joy or out of the, the very rough gardens of, of turmoil, I will praise him. That's a constant, but I find that a lot of people respond, especially who are not in, not, they're not Christians, um, but they listen to some Christian metal that they really, really like it when you're authentically broken in the open, Mm. like, because we are, we're broken people. We're not perfect. So if I go to church and I say, uh, hey man, um, I've I've got a tumor and my legs hurt and my body shakes, uh, and they're like, "Well, you just got to have more faith." Well, that that doesn't that doesn't help me any. Mm-hmm. That that I mean, I have plenty of faith, but what I'm looking for is I'm looking to be raw and open and honest with you, that I might be able to glean some wisdom from you, that you might be able to pray with me, that I might be able to seek counsel, and so if I'm real with other people, let's say it's. And I don't care what their affiliations are from being a straight up Luciferian to, to being a, a new age Christian. Like if I can be real with them, there's an open door of a communication between the two. So I think for myself, uh, it, there's a disservice uh, if I have the opportunity to write lyrics and, and make songs um, to not be authentic and genuine in everything I do inside of it. Mm. So for people who are in bands, cause I, I pretty much consider, especially the, the people who are vocalists in Christian bands mm-hmm. to be basically equated with teachers uh, in a as, way, as James, as James talks about in chapter four, yep. I believe. Um, and yeah, so it's not entirely, they're not a pastor necessarily or anything like that, but they have a group of people who follow them, who listen to what they say, the way that they preach through their music. And so with that, I think we have a certain responsibility to not overshare in some of the more weird ways, you know, like there's, there's the difference between 
uh, expressing the brokenness of dealing with an addiction versus just ranting about how much porn you look at. Yeah. So <laughs> those mm-hmm. are two completely different things. And especially like as somebody who teaches other Christians, you start to like demean your own testimony and all of a sudden your witness just that your ability to witness goes down in oversharing. Yeah. But at the same time, for the people who don't share at all, you're losing a lot of potential in witnessing to those who think you might be on a higher, uh, higher pedestal platform, whatever. I've had people tell me, uh, Hey, can you pray uh, for me about this? And my response is always absolutely. But the thing is those people, then when I say, so are you going to be praying it out about it as well? They're like, well, you're, you're a stronger Christian than I am, or you're a, you're a, a worship director or you're a whatever. I'm like, and that puts me closer to God. How? It puts you closer to God by about 24 inches because you're yeah. on stage. <laughs> Whatever That's the it. platform measures. Yeah. And I'll say, yeah. so for me, it's, it's not, you know, it's the whole, um, I don't want to say general Catholicism, but uh, the Roman Catholicism kind of thing where the Pope or the pastor, or not pastor, sorry, the priest is more able to reach the saints or God or whoever through prayer than the general populace, which is absolute garbage. That's just antithetical to scripture. So that's some hogwash. Yeah. So I will gladly pray for you if you ever ask me to, that's not a question. So I'm not, I'm not saying that I wouldn't do that. It's just, you better be praying for yourself as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'll tell you what, even when writing these lyrics, I was like, I wasn't sure I wanted to write them because like some of the things I was writing, I was like, I know this is the truth, but this isn't how I feel. Mm -hmm. This is not what I want. It's not how I want to react, but it's the way I need to react. So there's a sense of accountability there where you have to keep yourself in check. And so reading through James, uh, like I've done a couple of times, but I did it recently at camp and I'm like, I'm so happy. I, I, ch- I chose this because at that time I was like, I am, I'm the guy <laughs> being tossed back and forth like a ship mm-hmm. on the waves. Uh, I'm the guy being blown away, not out of like every wind of teaching, but out of every lie that I tell myself and that I believe, which it, in, in a sense, teaching your own heart. Um, if you guys notice, that's kind of why the lyric video is set with a, with an old ship on the, on a stormy sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that same in imagery. So, yes, sir. I don't want to get into uh, details on your side, but I want to Mm -hmm. talk for a moment just to potentially reach some people who might be feeling this way. I know we've had many topics here on on this podcast, and uh, we've had many different discussions about a whole host of things. But uh, I think something that we don't talk about enough is doubt. Yeah. Because we... (laughs) I think we, the three of us, I'm referring to Keebler, Zachariah, and myself, the main hosts of this show, uh, we are very well-read in our faith, but there are times when uh, we we get to a point of doubt or just uh, confusion, uh, disarray, chaos, whatever, that we think that we need to just take a step back. And I know that I've I felt that recently until... Uh, I finally got back on track with my reading. I had been absolutely terrible. So this is going to be me confessing here for a moment. I've been absolutely terrible with staying reading in scripture. And I just recently started with a a friend of mine. Um, 
in Proverbs because it's 31 chapters in Proverbs. So mm-hmm. one a day for the month of July. And I had to catch up to chapter 21 on the first day. So that was rough for me. But the point is, I was over here drowning in stress and uh, not doubt, but just all the things that I let life get in the way in front of God. And Mm -hmm. every day I woke up and I said, you know, today's going to be the day that I read scripture. And guess what? It wasn't (laughs) every single day for all of July up until the 21st of the month. And that was terrible. That was Mm -hmm. the worst time. I mean, I work at a church that hurts a lot. Yeah. So when the only thing that I read is the scriptures for that weekend, or the, when the only thing that I read is the devotional that I'm at in staff meetings on Wednesday mornings, that hurts. That does not yeah. feel good. And so I was getting to a point where I'm just like, I don't know what I feel right now. Mm-hmm. And not that I want to, you know, give uh, a huge amount of credit to feelings, but uh, they I exist. Think it's, yeah. So they account for something. Yeah, you can't ignore it is the important part. Right. And so I could tell that I was feeling distant from God, but I knew it wasn't him. I knew it was me. And the problem was I just was not addressing the issue. I knew the issue. I just chose not to address it repeatedly. And after a while, I could tell that I was getting not rusty, but I don't know. it's, It's like I felt slowed down in my comprehension of scripture. I felt slowed down in in my ability to make good points concerning scripture, not that I was at wrong or that I was, you know, saying the wrong things. It was just one of those things where you're like, you felt restricted. Yeah. Like, am I, I feel like I'm reaching too hard to figure out the answer. Yeah. It's like, yeah. why I, I know I've read this before. Why can't I remember what that says or like scripture verses that I had memorized were disappearing. It's like, what the heck is going on? So in those moments where we're struggling to, reconnect with God. And if we get to a point where we feel like we're tossed in the waves and the wind is just absolutely moving us everywhere, Mm -hmm. I think we know exactly where we need to go. But my point that I want to make is that we don't always get back to that. Mm -hmm. There's, there are some times where we just can't on our own. And sometimes God has us in these seasons where it is months, years, of, of just absolute pain of trying yeah. to get back to him. And it doesn't, it doesn't feel like we're ever going to, and it's okay for that to happen. Yeah. There's an old, old saying about that. It's called the dark night of the soul. Go, feel free to enlighten me. Go Well, it's, it comes from the, uh, from the patristic era, I, I believe maybe even mm. later than the patristics, I might not have been the patristic era, but it was an old church father that talked about the dark night of the soul where, where uh, it feels like God is nowhere to be found. His mm-hmm. presence cannot be felt. Um, um, you're not sleeping. You feel, uh, you don't feel peace. You don't feel his joy. You don't feel uh, his uh, absolute tangible presence in your life. And this mm-hmm. guy, I can't remember his name, uh, but it's called the dark night of the soul. And that's right. Uh, just a humor. I will look it up yeah. real fast. But, you look that up. Um, so I wanted to mention as well that, talking about lamentations and imprecatory Psalms and all that, which is basically just David going off like his, his moments of extreme doubt of extreme anger, sadness, all that. Those are the imprecatory Psalms because it, it points towards the human condition without elevating it to the status of God's word, but it shows it in scripture in a way that 
shows us now that that is a viable way to express ourselves. Yeah. So we need to be able to do that because we can't ignore it. And even as somebody who falls into the reform side of things, I'm trying to reconcile that with some of the more, uh, not emotionally based, but the experiential based around experience and stuff, allowing that to be an acceptable avenue for us yeah. to to either find God again or to continue worshiping him uh, in the current status, because we we tend to ignore that. And not every day is a day where we can just say, oh, I'll just find the joy of the Lord in the fact that it's a new day. Sometimes that new day is the day after your parent died, and then you find out that your dog has cancer. And then the following week is the week that your wife leaves you because she's cheating on you. It, you know what I mean? 100%. Sometimes he, things just stack up and the next day is not better. It's just not. You can't right. just be, have joy. And like, that's great. Thanks for that. I'm going to walk away now before I hit you. <laughs> right, right. And like all while through that, we have to remember that God still exists. Yes. And that just because bad is happening in your life does not mean, and it does not take, doesn't mean he's not good. And it doesn't take away from his goodness. Mm. And, and, and like for me, you know, you're talking about you not reading. Well, I didn't do that for a minute because I, I'm the guy that goes into a church and I'll see a theological issues, right? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like to go into a church, cause problems and leave. I don't do that, but God tends to send me to churches and then, and then uses me in, in a multitude of ways and they're all uncomfortable. So I get really upset with bad theology and I will go to the boards. I will go to the pastors. I will, I will go to whoever I have to talk to and, and warn them and, and say, this, this is incorrect. And this is what you're teaching, but this is what scripture says. And like, there's a lot of that going on and mosquito in the house. Get out of here. Um, and so I get really upset and I get really peeved that the Western church thrives off of free labor and, and there's a lot of abuse. There's a deconstruction going on and it doesn't make God awful at all. I, I don't think that, that the, the actions of people, uh, directly reflect who he is always. We can make mm-hmm. mistakes. He cannot. He is consistent. We are inconsistent. So we'll get it wrong. So what did I do? I got so mad about it and I didn't co counsel with people like I did with you on the phone the other day. I just vented and mm-hmm. listened mm-hmm. to whatever you had to say. So thanks for doing that. Yeah. But what I had happen was I just kind of stopped praying in length. My prayers became shotgun prayers. My reading became very sparse. And then I decided oh, I'm going to go through Hebrews again. I had a, had a whim, right? Hmm. So I'm laying on the bed next to my wife and I start reading Hebrews and I've read it so many times, but this is what popped off the page at me. Do not let your hearts be hardened towards the Holy spirit because of rebellion. Hmm. And I'm like, I'm just like tearing up sitting on the bed. Like God, even while I'm throwing a fit, you're still <laughs> speaking to me. You're still, you're still good to me. You are so open my eyes and let me see. Let me see where I'm wrong. Psalm 139, the end of it. Most people don't want to pray it, but we should. Lord, search me and know me. If there is any foolish way in me, show me the everlasting way. Like, I, my gosh, like, if we want a good mental life, have a good prayer life. Honestly, study the word and pray. Uh, it's so important. It's so potent. And it, let's not forget that he is holy, but he's also concerned with us. He's also very attentive to us. And, and so I hope that some of this, what I'm talking about now, will come out in some future Collapse Revive songs, but um, of his goodness. And 
trying to tell other people's stories too. Mm. My gosh. And, you know, we're in the throes of, uh, of the struggle and, and we don't trust God with it. And, and like, for me, work's been really slow. I run my own business. And, and as you know, I've told you on the phone, everything yeah. canceled and I've got people who owe me money that won't pay me. And I've got all this happening. It's awful. And I'm laying on the bed with my wife and I'm so angry about it. And she, we should pray. I'm like, yeah, we really should. And I didn't want to, but I know that it's God. I can talk to him. He can handle any punch that I throw at him. And, and so we just gave it to him. And I said something simple like, God, you are sovereign and you, you know, you guide my hands and my feet. So this is on you and I, I need work. So you line it up. I'm going to stop worrying about it. I trust you with it. And I've prayed that prayer a lot over the last few months and, something snapped and two minutes later i got a text message not even two i'm not even kidding it was like three minutes on the nose later i got a text from a band who had said hey do you know anybody that masters and i'm like funny you should ask i do <laughs> and their vocalist jeremy was like right when we texted you, right before we texted you um the holy spirit put it in my heart to text you and ask you if you knew anybody that mastered music because we need it like why don't you ask daniel from collapse revive and it was just a long shot and it, I mean, it was while I was praying about it, he was answering. Mm -hmm. He was sowing the seed in somebody else's heart to provide, to take care of. And so I'm not a prosperity gospel guy by any means, but I think that God causes us to prosper in many different ways, according to his perfect will. And, and so like, but I look back at these times where I had nothing, or maybe even the thin times, right? I came from eating out of dumpsters in Virginia and fishing in like polluted lakes to like get food. I weighed 96 pounds at six foot tall. I look back at all of that and I got, God, you sustain me. You give breath to my lungs. You call my dead bones to rise up. You do these things. So um, the point is, if you're mad, praise him. If you don't feel like it, if it hurts like hell, praise his name. Uh, it's not his fault. <laughs> it mm -hmm. really isn't. It's the product of the human condition and the world that we live in. And uh, um, there's safety in the secret place, like I like to say. And that's not a Gnostic term, you heresy hunters. That just means your <laughs> prayer closet. Like mm -hmm. in that place with you and the Lord, that place of int intimacy. There I go talking for 29 minutes at a time. No, you're good. It so for those of us who, who are married or for those of us who are, have ever had a serious relationship, going back to God in those moments always feels like when you screwed up in a relationship because you're worried that they're not going to forgive you. But the thing is, in a relationship, it's possible that they won't because they're a human. Yep. The difference is with God, when you approach him and you approach the throne and you ask for forgiveness... God doesn't even remember that sin, according to Isaiah. So when, when you're coming to God, and I remember uh, Kevin from Disciple, he did like a 45-minute sermon in the middle of a concert once. Uh, Zachariah and I went to go see it, and yeah. he's, he's referenced that scripture specifically. I, I wish I could remember exactly where it was. Um, but in Isaiah, he talks about uh, not remembering your sins anymore. For his sake, not for our sake. God forgetting our sins has nothing to do with, with us and has everything to do with him through us. So yeah. as God continues to, to use us, as we approach him at the throne with our sins, with our flawed state, 
all the way until we die, we will approach him with a flawed state. And as we do that, he will forgive us because he is always faithful, even when we are not. And that's where I put the line in the song, you tore the veil, now I approach the throne in boldness. Mm. Uh, Because that's something I tend to forget. Because yep. we get the we have our daddy issues and our brother issues and our mama issues, and then we somehow put it on God's character that He is all about performance based acceptance, <laughs> and that's just not true. And nope. it's just like, well, I can boldly come before the throne of grace, and oh, and I can lay this out before you, and I can lay in your lap, metaphorically, and I hope maybe one day that I'll get to do just that, mm. but. Um, I approach that throne in boldness. So I pray that when you guys listen to this song, that that um, you, know, you guys would glean something from it and know that you're not alone in your struggle. Even the people that you listen to and look up to um, you know, have struggles, and, and we all have the same salvation, um, so long as you call in the name of Jesus. And we are all in the same place. And so if you're struggling uh, with a dry season, I wrote Arid about a dry season too, way back in the day. If you remember that one, a couple of years Mm -hmm. ago, uh, it was a different thing, but we, we learned to run into his goodness. Um, Man, I I hope that when people listen to this, that uh, they would see, wow, this guy's like, yeah, he's a Christian uh, and they won't think I'm a Bible thumper, but they would think that I'm this broken hypocritical, ruined man. Uh, it's like I, I impending doom did the, I'm a murderer thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's, it is that way that I'm the same as you and that um, I'm not here to hit people over the head with the scriptures, but what I am going to do is I'm going to show them the goodness and the sacrifice and, and the, re, the redemptive and salvific qualities of what Jesus did on the cross and that he paid for that suffering. And we still will suffer, but in the end we win. And, and he cares for us. And uh, so running to the father, I've led this new song recently run to the father from Cody Carnes um, mm-hmm. uh, at church. I don't know if you've heard it, probably not yep. your reform guy. So you I probably know. haven't listened to anything past the I, 1692 con- Baptist convention, but 1689. Thank you. very yeah, much. Yeah. Well, I was close. <laughs> 1689. I, I, I do know. I do know run to the father, so. but it's, it's a, be- I love that. No, yep. no more hiding. No reason to wait. I run to the father. Again and again and again. Yeah. And so that I just I'm almost speechless talking about it. It's like I, I thought I was gonna do better talking about this song, but apparently it's still sitting in my heart heavy. So <laughs> I'm gonna lose my reformed card for this, but that's actually my personal worship time playlist on Spotify. So oh, I love it. I love it. John Calvin just from somewhere he's looking up at you and he's frowning. <laughs> he's looking- <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you caught that. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, good. Yeah. I had to get yeah. one in. Yeah. I'm going to say it's not a true episode with Keebler without a, a slam on either John Calvin or Reformed guys, <laughs> the Reformed bros. That's right. So. I'll tell you what, though. My gosh, one of my favorite pastors, my favorite speakers and pastors is a Reformed guy, Matt Chandler. I mean, ugh, the guy hits hard. You're not David. Yeah, it's because I'm Daniel. Yeah, it's because I'm Daniel. <laughs> That's a, I love it. Oh, it's good stuff, man. Uh, if you guys haven't gotten it by now, go back and listen to like the last 10 seconds of, or 10 minutes of what we just talked about. Cause you got to hear the grace. This, this episode has a lot of it. And I, I think that's good. Cause I think we tend to miss that a lot. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that's just me. Um, I'm not trying to call for 
acceptance of everything and everyone, but I'm, yeah. I'm at least trying to advocate for those who, who see something in, in the true Christians of the 21st century. And they recognize that Jesus is somewhere, but they can't find him because of all the other Christians that are blocking the way, either the gatekeepers right. or the people who just don't live it out in a good way or the people who are knowledge-based and refuse to, to really help out people who are less than scholars. So, yeah, yeah, honestly, we, we need to be looking out for, for those because as we've said recently, and I know Zachariah has said something to this effect, but uh, in our, I think pride and prejudice and politics episode or whatever we were talking about, uh, if we're viewing anybody as the enemy and not the mission field, we're wrong, immediately Mm -hmm. wrong. So, yep. I Absolutely. mean, if we view yeah. ourselves as better than anybody else, we are We're also wrong, wrong because wrong. yeah, we we are in that group. We just happen to already have the good word. Absolutely, and and to, to add to that, you know, quickly is you know I've ta- I take a lot of issues with a lot of people's lifestyles and and things that they do, and I I come to the realization that I cannot expect people who don't know Jesus to act like him. And, and that they, they are the gems and jewels in the, in the dirt. They are not the enemy. People are not the enemy. Well, some people can be, Let, let's just say that the people who ran, let's say Paul Potts was an enemy, you know, from uh, the, just look it up. I'm not going to explain yeah. on a Christian podcast, but just look up. Um, he, he would be an enemy, but like the unsaved people are, are not, they're not the enemy. They're, I just started to call them soon to be's. Because if they cross my path, I'm going to tell them about Jesus. <laughs> and I don't care who they are, what they look like, what they claim to be, what their pronouns are. I don't care about any of that because I want to tell them about Jesus. Not to say that I condone a lot of it because I don't, but I'm not going to let that. I'm not going to let what God calls sin allow me not to love them because then I take the potency and the gift out of scripture. And then I have that all I'm left with is moral authority and that's useless. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. You just become a moral elitist trying to tell them that their life is wrong, which yeah, right. Which who wants to is. hear that? And Oh yeah. Now I'll be a Christian. Yeah. That's... Right. Yeah. Well <laughs> it is, but like, have we forgotten to tell them that there was, uh, there was the God of all the sovereign God of all Yahweh that entered into the world as a man and mm. died under his own rule, faithful to his own rule and law for, for us. Yep. What, like what? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding? You forgot to say that? You forgot to tell this broken human being that they're okay and that there's hope for them? Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not a progressive Christian by any means, but I honestly, Christian folks, I think we need to be a little bit more compassionate sometimes. I do. I will always advocate for fellowship-based correction because if you have no fellowship, if you have no relationship, you are you're not necessarily in the wrong in your what you believe, but the mm-hmm. way you go about it is wrong, and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Because Absolutely. we we represent Jesus here on this earth now that he is no longer uh no now that he no longer has an earthly ministry himself, he does it through us. So that's right. Yes, sir. So quit being turds, as yeah. Keeper would say it. Could be in turds. Anything else you wanted to mention about the song? 
people's faith, their damnation. Um, I mean, salvation. Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I think the last thing about the song for me is uh, I heard this song from a worship artist by the name of David Funk. Um, and he just talks about wanting to hear the sound of heaven. And so that really inspired me to think about that idea of like, um, this is where it went. I was listening to sound of he like to that song touch of heaven is what it's called by David Funk. And I just need a touch of heaven. And and then I started to think about the old Christmas song, The Drummer Boy, hmm. Rumpa Bump Bum. And I'm like, you know, that's, that's a really lame, stupid rhythm for Rumpa Bump Bum. <laughs> you know how easy that is? But I'm thinking about that in context. Like, I, And then I have like these short flashbacks of me being 10 years old on the snare drum line, trying to learn how to play a snare drum for the marching band. And I think to myself, man, I'm just going to play this for you. And let it be an aroma and a sweet scent to your nose. And, uh, and so that's why I threw that in there, because there's just the joy of being able to participate in life with a gift that he gave me that, that I can give back to him. And uh, so that's my last point, I think. I know a lot of people give that song a hard time, but uh, I think it's the way that the song came at the idea, but the idea of I have nothing to bring to Christ. Yeah. The only thing that we bring is the sin that made the cross necessary. Mm -hmm. So, but the thing is God wants us to bring everything. He wants us to bring the pain, the dry season, the struggles. He wants yeah. us to bring the praises. He wants us to bring our terrible voices, regardless of how well we sing. And he wants us to give our, our work. He wants to give, or wants us to give our, you know, whatever skills and abilities he's given us. He wants us to give it back. Not because he needs it, not because he even wants it, but because it's, it's the way that we return in that conversation. Cause everything worship is a conversation with God. Yep. So. Absolutely. You know, I had a, I was at my client's house today. Um, there are lovely Christian people. Um, and, um, Mrs. Hadley was telling me, she goes, you know, I never get upset when my kids were little, when they would come and draw me a picture and give it to me. She's like, it was terrible. It was awful. <laughs> they couldn't draw. It didn't look like anything like they said it did. But mm -hmm. she's like, I was so overjoyed just to get a picture. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why she told me that, but maybe now I do. <laughs> but like, you know, <laughs> Dude, well. it's pretty amazing. So like, yeah, here, take my crappy metalcore song with stupid deathcore vocals on it and take it here put it on your fridge god like it's, mm. it's terrible but i think he's just happy that his kids want to be with him definitely so if anything if you feel like anything's stopping you from going to god don't do that like seriously if mm -hmm. if you're feeling that dry season if you're feeling that struggle right now go to him one of my, I hate, I hate secular proverbs, but this is one that I appreciate. Um, the first best time to plant a tree is 30 years ago. And the second best time yep. to plant a tree is today. The same is true of faith. If you feel like you've been running, if you feel like you've been struggling, if you feel like it's been dry, today is the second best time. You had, you know, however long ago to do it, but 
if you've been struggling, today is the best day now. Mm -hmm. So today is the day to run to your father. That's right. Amen to that. All right. That's what we got. And now we have Wide of the Mark by Collapse Revive. Let's go. You can help support us by heading over to anchor.fm forward slash TWIE pod and clicking on the donate button where you can select one of a few monthly donation rates of $1, $5, or $10. All money helps keep this podcast up and running, as well as supports lesser-known Christian artists. Thank you for listening, and God bless.